0: You're listening to That Entertainment Podcast with Andy Leroy, chatting to the artists behind what's on in Adelaide right now. 2021 Adelaide Fringe winner Does It Please You is on its way to Goodwood Theatre. And in the lead-up, I got to speak to one of the chiefs from the theatre company Two Dumb Blondes, Michaela Rudd, about the show Vulnerability and how Two Dumb Blondes came to be. We
1: only launched maybe a month. Just, on, just over a month ago, I think, maybe a little bit more. Um, yeah, so um, Taylor and I met in acting school. Uh, she was the year above me. And after I graduated, we just were brainstorming and we were just really kind of wanting to tell stories about that were really impassioned us. And um, yeah, we were like, why don't we make a theatre company? And we just, yeah, so we just kind of did it. And yeah. That's um, a pretty uh, yeah. bold move
0: to, to to be in school. Like I I remember when I was back at university myself studying communication. Yeah. The last thing I would have actually dreamt of doing would be starting my own company at that point. Where did you find the the nerve to do that?
1: Yeah, I honestly don't know to be quite honest. <laughs> I think we're... We're both um, just real go-getters, I guess, um, and we're quite determined. So once we put our mind to something, we're like, yep, this is going to happen. We're going to make it work. Um, so I think for us, it was just kind of that thing of going, OK, well, you know, we want to see this kind of theatre in the world and we want to tell these kind of stories. So let's make it happen. And the easiest way to make that happen for us, we kind of felt was to make our own theatre company and start from there. Yeah, so I guess that was probably where it kind of came from, that just, like, drive and determination for wanting to tell stories.
0: Love it. And also a very challenging time to be putting a theatre company out there.
1: Oh, uh, 100%. Um, I think we kind of re- we realised that, you know, <laughs> as we were kind of going through it and then the lockdown happened and we were like, oh, my goodness, we are in such a tumultuous time. But, you know, I think that also makes it so much more important and... Um, You know, when you do get the chance to tell those stories, especially live stories, like live theatre, it just makes it all that more special, I think. So it makes us really grateful that, you know, when we can put on shows and we do have the ability to connect with our audience in person, it just makes it that even more special rather than just doing it over online.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the ways that you've actually been able to, you know, pivot? with the things that COVID has thrown at you since you've established?
1: So there's only been at the moment a couple of things, I guess, Um, with the snap lockdown, that just kind of threw a bit of a spanner in the works in terms of most of our organising happens together in person. So it just made us uh, have to kind of readapt and work online together, which was fine, but it was just a bit of a re-evaluation, especially for, you know, making content and everything like that. We also have a launch party fundraiser coming up. So, you know, just numbers and working out capacities and stuff and whether or not we could have it. That was another issue that we had to just kind of navigate. And as well as that, um, just constantly monitoring numbers and making sure that, you know, if any restrictions get in place, what that means for potential ticket sales for shows and stuff like that
0: yeah it must be a lot of um logistics that you've suddenly got to be aware of yeah um,
1: yeah <laughs> last
0: minute last minute changes probably yeah. impro might have been a better theater company to join to start up
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: inside um so yeah. tell me about does it please you so this has been written by taylor and yeah. you're talking about your passion with the types of material that you like to to produce and that you want to be able to put out there and I know that a part of that is being able to produce vulnerable theatre. So tell us about yeah. how that fits into to what you're producing here.
1: Yeah. So um, Does It Please It was in the Adelaide Fringe last year... Oh, Sorry, this year, the beginning of 2021. It feels like a lifetime ago. I oh, know, um, it's 10 years ago now. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, uh, so, yeah, that was completely um, produced, directed, written by Taylor. So when she heard that goodwood theater wanted to have does it please you in their new um breakout season we discussed potentially having you know two dumb blondes just take over the producing side of that so Mm -hmm. that um it's still completely her story and everything but it's just kind of produced by two dumb blondes and it really just fit perfectly into our company's ethos and what we're about and you know does it please you with such a vulnerable piece of theatre um and really just intertwines that dark comedy with um really vulnerable moments and creates a really beautiful show with some beautiful messages about you know mental health and what it means to be a human in this really messed up world quite frankly yeah
0: yeah so it's been described as a defiant war cry against anyone and anything that makes you doubt your worth so what other kinds of stories we can expect to hear that take us on that journey
1: I think there's a lot of stories about it's very meta in a way so it's not maybe Mm -hmm. so as defined as these stories these stories these stories but more moments so you hear moments of people doubting their self-worth um moments of insecurity moments of uh really challenging times but the way it's told is so beautifully and it's told with such funny moments um and also very vulnerable moments at times as well
0: it's something i think that everybody can relate to because at any point in time unless we're a sociopath we all do doubt ourselves don't we
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And I think, you know, in the world it's, um, it's especially, you know, social media, everything, it's so easy to put on a facade of being something and not. Um, and I think quite often people try and hide away from that vulnerability that we all feel, but, you know, when you strip that away and you get down to the root of it, we are really all the same and we're all battling the same sorts of issues, even if it's not, the exact same situation, you know, we all have those universal feelings. And I think what Does It Please You does so well is that um, it's so relatable for an audience to watch and go, oh my gosh, I do that. Oh, and it's, I think that's where that humour comes from. And that's where the relatability comes from, because, you know, when you're watching theatre that's vulnerable and when you're watching things that you can relate to and it's accessible to relate to, you know, um, it just makes it so much easier to kind of let your guard down and just be in that moment.
0: I've sometimes heard people say that there's an element of truth in every joke. Do you think that humour is the best tool to crack that surface of vulnerability?
1: A hundred percent. I think if you can get people laughing, um, you get them just breaking down their barriers a hundred percent. I think humour is one of the best ways to bring people together and um, to... You know, sometimes tackle topics that might not be easy to talk about. And when you get laughing about them, although sometimes it's maybe a little bit dark, I think it's definitely the best way to get people on board.
0: <laughs> so, what do you think is the most challenging part of the play for yourself as a performer?
1: Well, for me, I've come into this project last minute um, because it just to the Goodwood one. I wasn't in the Adelaide fringe <laughs> um, this year. Uh, one of the members is in her final year of uni. So she's just taking her time to really work on that. um, And then she'll be back in Adelaide Fringe next year. So for me, I think just coming into the show and just having to work really hard on uh, learning it and then, um, you know, trying to just, I guess as well, sorry, I guess as well, you know, I saw this show, so I know how much it, affected me and how special it was to watch so i think for me it's really important that i'm able to help tell that story in the same way that i was told it
0: do you think it um is a bit of pressure on you to try and tell it in that same way or are you lending your own authenticity to that character
1: oh 100 percent lending an authenticity um taylor's Mm -hmm. direction is very much about that and she's amazing at just going this is your work own it completely for everyone in the show and I think you know all the cast members can agree that she allows such a space for you to bring your own story and for you to tell your version of the story in your own words and for her it's just that outside eye to kind of um assist you to bring that to life um but yet completely keeping it authentic to your own self and not trying to um be something you're not
0: When you were in the audience, when you saw it, what is it that inspired you to think, yeah, I actually want to be a part of this?
1: Oh, it was such a beautiful, moving show. I think, for me, it was – I felt like I went on such a journey with that show, Um, you know, genuinely cracking up with laughter and then in tears with crying minutes between. And um, I think, for me, it was that – watching that and just really feeling heard as an audience member and really feeling not alone. And I think that's such a powerful thing in theatre to not feel alone and to feel like someone knows what you're going through and someone's able to tell that story.
0: So without giving too much away or getting too personal, what was it specifically in the story that that really kind of touched you?
1: Um, I think for me, definitely, A lack of feeling not enough, I think, for me. And that feeling of constantly feeling you have to strive for more and be more and be something else and just kind of, you know, feeling inadequate and not feeling like you're meeting your targets or not feeling like you're meeting the person that you need to be. So I think watching that show and realizing that, you know, screw it. You are who you are. Listen to that. Be authentic to yourself. Keep that authenticity. And screw what everyone else thinks. Pave your own pathway. I think that was really powerful to watch and feel.
0: We've been working on a um, a project between Louise and myself called Reframe of Mind, and it's all about trying to you know get better mental health outcomes and find a better way to experience life, I suppose, is is the way to kind of describe it in a nutshell. One of the consistent messages that comes through is that if we stop comparing ourselves to other people, that's where we start to find happiness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: So what kind of conversation do you think or hope that the audience will be inspired to carry on after seeing the show?
1: I think definitely a more open conversation about mental health and about having that accessible conversation where you can talk to your friends freely, you can talk to people freely about how you're feeling. And I think definitely what we want people to walk away with is a sense of not having to keep things to yourself all the time and a sense of being able to express how you feel and being able to express and feel heard, I guess. I think the, you know, mental illness is something that's so important to Taylor and I and mental health. Um, so I think just having an audience, like audiences be able to come out of that. And even if it's just losing a bit of the stigma that they had around it prior, or being able to feel like they were heard in the show or, you know, provoking them to maybe go and do some research on things or check in on their friends. Or I think that's probably the most, um, important conversations that we want to have after that we would like after the show. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we hear a lot of slogans and see the hashtags, it's okay not to be okay and all that kind of stuff. But um, I I get the sense that behind that, there's a lot more that we could do to actually keep breaking down that stigma.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think the stigma is the thing that's so hard. And, you know, you do have those slogans and they're great and they work to an extent. But, you know, if people have those deep-rooted stigmas in them, it takes a lot more than just um, hashtags to kind of break that down. And I think what's so important about this show and what we really want to drive is, you know, being able to get people vulnerable and get people understanding and get people on that level. So, you know, whether that's with humor, whether that's with um, moving pieces of song or dance, being able to get them to break down their barriers and then be able to open up and kind of see what message we're trying to push and, you know, that it's not, Not everyone is okay 100% of the time and, you know, the stigmas are just quite big around it, yeah.
0: Do you think as a society we need to learn a whole lot more about what vulnerability is and how to actually lean into it?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think so often um, it's so much easier to not be vulnerable and it's so much easier to, you know, put up your guard straight away and go on that defense. Um, And I think we live in a society that really profits off that. You know, we live in a society that profits off insecurity, that profits off people working harder and needing to be more, and I think that there's a natural competition in people sometimes. Um, I know, especially in the theater industry, that it's so easy to get caught up into what are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? And because of that, it makes it so much harder to just, you know, be with people presently and be vulnerable and be able to go, hey, uh, yeah, I'm actually sad that maybe I didn't get that role. I'm sad that this didn't happen or, you know, and I think because that it's so difficult to have those kind of conversations it means that people are just constantly pretending that they're fine or constantly pretending that things don't bother them um when in reality you know being able to be vulnerable with people it gets you on the same level and it's able to then create conversations that are important
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, actually. I think my experience with the vulnerability is when something hasn't worked out for for me in a particular way throughout my life. There have been certain people I've been wanting to have that conversation with, but there's always been this feeling that I'm just having a whinge or I'm not grateful or something like that. So it's about having permission, really, to have those conversations, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. And not feeling not feeling like a burden for doing that or not feeling like there's something wrong with that. You know, it's so healthy to be able to talk to people and to be able to feel judgment free. And I think that's a massive thing with vulnerability is this fear of being judged and this fear of people knowing what's going on inside. But, you know, when you break that down and it is just being vulnerable, it's so funny because I know for me personally, anytime that I've been vulnerable with someone, quite often the response back is them being vulnerable with me and we've formed such a stronger connection than what would have happened if we'd both just stayed with our fronts with our um, guards up
0: yeah i mean don't get me wrong there are definitely times i hear myself talking I want i call the wambulance you know what i mean um, <laughs> but i think there's definitely benefit there in being able to share that vulnerability because it helps us to move on and i think what people sometimes don't get is that in talking about it you're processing it and that you need to move on from that and that gives you the power to do that but if you shut it down then it's still there isn't it
1: yeah and then it just lives there and festers I guess which is not a very healthy way to do things in my opinion
0: no fun for anybody
1: (laughs) no definitely not definitely not
0: so what's the highlight of the show for yourself Michaela going into this new season
1: Oh, what is the highlight? Oh, honestly, the whole thing. um, I don't want to give anything away. No, of
0: course. We've got to buy tickets and go and see this thing. I know. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I mean, there's song, there's dance, there's comedy, there's stories. So, you know, it's it's a theatre show. We can say that for sure
1: yes we definitely can (laughs) it's a roller coaster
0: it's been described as a roller coaster and it's award-winning so one of of 2021 fringe award i
1: know yeah i know the holden street award How amazing amazing. i know (laughs) and a very proud friend moments that was Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah i think for me the highlight i think is honestly the audience which might sound a bit odd but there's something really special about doing this show with audience and having that connection to audience and being able to get that reaction. I think that's the highlight for me, honestly, is having that audience reaction um, and being able to see that and respond to that.
0: I think theatre is one of those mediums that really has that benefit of being able to connect with people immediately because with television, it's recorded with any of these electronic media, there's not that instant recognition. But, you know, I think the warmth of the theatre and also how that can change from night to night is probably what still attracts people like yourself to it, hey?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think that's the thing with theatre, you know. You can just watch a TV show or a movie, and it, but it's going to be the same every single time you watch it. But you can go to a theatre show if you, if you can afford to, I guess, and, you know, watch every show of the season And it'll be a different show every single night. And I think that's what's so special about it. And, you know, depending on the audience that's there, you're going to get a different, um, you know, you're going to feel something different with the audience that you're sitting with. Are they really responsive audience? Are they a bit more reserved? Like what does that do to the performers on stage? So I think it's really fun with this show that it does rely a lot on the audience in terms of um, getting that energy and response from them. It's, honestly so rewarding so I think the audiences yeah I think it'll be really special for them to be a part of that
0: always good to be on an organic roller coaster
1: <laughs> yeah definitely definitely
0: so does it please you opens at the Goodwood Theatre on the 4th of September
1: yes opens 4th of September uh, 7 p.m and then we have a matinee on the, the 5th of September at 2 p.m and then a night performance again at 7 p.m on the 5th
0: Awesome. Well, I wish you all the best for the season and hope it all goes well. And we see a lot more of Two Dumb Blondes.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. So do we.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That Entertainment Podcast. Subscribe now on your favourite podcast service to hear more interviews about what's happening in Adelaide Entertainment as it happens. Head to our website for more content, thatentertainmentpodcast.com.au. A Welcome Change Media production.